What's going on? This is Dr. Walter Aka. And Dr. Will Craddock, as always. And we got Dr. Patel here today. Who's good, man? How am I doing? I'm doing good. How's everything, boss? It's good. It's good. Thank yeah, y'all man. for having me. Oh, man. Come I'm on. I'm a big we fan want... of the podcast. So. Oh, we appreciate you, man. We, we appreciate you being part of the uh, 10 followers or 10, <laughs> <laughs> 10 listeners. You know, it's it's funny. We, we, I'm always surprised when someone actually says, I listen to the podcast. I'm always like, oh, okay. Maybe we actually <laughs> might want to have content. Yeah, that maybe, helps we should, maybe we should try a little bit harder. <laughs> you know, and I mean? get back on. I think y'all are doing fine. So, <laughs> can you tell like what y'all's reach is right now? Like when you, yeah, you know, it's funny actually. All jokes aside, we're actually getting more and more people. We have people in countries that I didn't even know would listen to podcasts. Like Australia, we have um, Ireland. People listen to. Okay. So it's, it's it gives us a little range of where people are listening. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they're listening to us. I don't know who. who Told them to listen. Right. I don't know why. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I don't know why, but they're listening. You know what I mean. But anyway, so we brought you on today because you, did you hear uh, Doctor Cradock bitching about associates? Basically, it was, just, it was, was a wine fest. He was yeah. I mean, he's a, he's he's crossed that line. He's an owner doc now, right? So right. he has he has he's the, the rights to maybe do that. No, he doesn't have the right. <laughs> you are being nice. I think he was being an asshole. About the whole thing. But, you know, we want to get your point of view as an associate, Uh as somebody that's working for somebody. We want to kind of get your, you know, you're the young guy. Sure. You know, you're the guy that's going to replace him. Sure. Okay. Exactly. And At do, some point. And do better. And do better. That's the key. <laughs> I like how you like to read that. <laughs> and do way better than he did. Right? So so we're gonna basically talk about that. But before we do that, Dr. We, we, Kata, yeah, we gotta bring we gotta talk about something else here. He's, he's uh, upset. Go ahead. So so Dr. Aqua was in my office yesterday and uh, you know, uh he was telling me, Yeah, you know, I gotta get out of here. It's getting kinda close to five o'clock and I'm oh, what do you gotta do? You gotta be with the family? No, I got I got an appointment with Russ. Russ. Okay, start off. With Who, who's no, Russ? You gotta, you gotta st- stop. No, no. Let no. me explain. You, you let me talk. No, let, okay. let let me say the story and then you can explain yourself. You gotta uh, say better. Okay, so Russ is my masseuse. Exactly. My physical therapist. Questionable. Okay, it's not questionable. How, how long have you been going to you Russ? Know, three years. Three years. Oh, okay, you know what? Because does Russ what? know your body better than you know your body? Oh, come on! That's, now you're just making a question. I'm just. I'm you're asking. Kind of making a, you're putting it in a way where it just sounds kind of. You know, uh, funny. This is kind of how you put it. Put it no, to I me. Did, I did not. I said I have to go ahead and get my massage with Russ. Dr. Patel, please. <laughs> you interject. <laughs> don't just Look, sit here. I don't know Russ. I have nothing against Russ. But um, please elaborate. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I need Look, more details. All right. On so situation. Russ Russ is my masseuse. Okay. Okay. The way it started was my wife didn't want to go to a guy. Mm-hmm. Right. She she bought a little, I think it was like Christmas time or something. She bought a little um packet. For us, right? And uh, uh, she was like, "Oh, I have a massage ready for us." And I said, "Oh, that's what's up," you know. And I was like, "Who am I getting?" And she goes, "Well, I don't want the guy." And it was a guy and a girl. Oh. Right? And and happened that Russ was available, and I said, "Oh, so you're gonna go to Russ?" And she goes, "No, no, no, no. I'm gonna go to the other one, sure And you're gonna go to Russ. And oh. I was like, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> but me being secure with my masculinity, <laughs> I said, "Let's get it." <laughs> So I go, Weird. I, I go, I go, we go there and it's like a couple massage. So you're in the same room. Okay. okay. And, and, and I'm, I'm like, all right, you know, and he's like, Hey, you know, what do you want? What's hurting? And I say, Oh, my shoulder's hurting. You know, I've been, I've been lifting. Oh, okay. Right? Oh. I was putting up at least two ninety. Yeah, I like, I like how, I like how you threw that in. Yeah, just to yeah. let you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. let's get that show. We yeah, know. I was putting up at least two ninety. I put up major weight. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like I was, I was you know, come on, spot me. That's what I was. That's what I was doing, and I injured myself. Right, so my shoulder was hurting. So he goes, "All right, I'll work it out." 
So he's going in there. And I'm not going to lie. Like, when you go deep tissue, that it hurts. Yeah. Like, he's really going in there. He's really hurting it, right? It hurts so good. But you don't want to say anything because you don't want to seem like, you know, like, all right, you can't handle it. You exactly. Know? Thank you. Yeah. See, this is exactly why you're here. <laughs> because he would have said some off-the-wall yeah, I said some flamboyant deliberate. stuff, right? <laughs> no. Exactly. So you just keep quiet. You take it. Okay, that sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you finish. You let, you know, okay, that sounds getting worse. Getting worse. Okay. You let him. You let him do his job. Okay. Right. So he did his job, and, and then we go to the front, and I said, "Thank you. You know, I appreciate you guys getting us here and all this stuff." And he and they're like, "Oh, would you want to start a membership?" And I said, "You know what? Yes, I will." Oh. And and my wife goes, "Oh, is it going to be with Russ?" <laughs> and I was like, "I'm not going to lie." It felt so good <laughs> because I was able to move more now, right? Right. Because you guys, you guys are, you guys, you know, the problem with you guys are, you guys are too stiff. You work in dentistry. Your backs are hurting you. It does. My back doesn't hurt. I'm a nimble cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm a nimble cat. <laughs> so I'm moving, I'm, I'm, I'm bop, 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 moving yeah. around. Patient to patient. That's me. I've seen it. You guys, thank you. <laughs> you guys are stiff. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, why? Why do we talk like that? No, I'm <laughs> I, assume that. <laughs> I assume every morning when you wake up, that's how you sound. <laughs> well, I wake up like a, juve, like a jovial. Feel fresh. Yeah, exactly. I okay. feel fresh. Okay. okay. So that's exactly how I felt. So because three years later, I'm still with the same masseuse. And he's a good, he's a cool dude. He's a good guy. He's, uh, he's funny. Obviously, you you like him. Okay, yeah. start off with. I want uh, you to rephrase that. What do you What do you mean? <laughs> okay. You like him as he's your a, masseuse. He, he's a good masseuse. If you he's could, good at his job. You in three years you could have chosen another masseuse or at least tried. <laughs> you you dare not try anybody but Russ. Russ's hands are like magic to you. <laughs> yeah, would you say he has magical hands? Oh, I, see, I would say that he's very good at his craft. Okay. Okay. And his craft is massaging your body. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. We can just leave, we it have. <laughs> just leave it at that. This, okay, it's you're not gonna win this one. Doctor Patel's not coming back. <laughs> He's cut off. I won that one. <laughs> so anyway, what I will say is, it was another excellent massage yesterday. You know, I I feel. Nimble, right? Give right. give a shout out to Russ. No, right. Russ is my main man. Okay, he's he's full of he's full of wisdom. He's full of just unusual facts. Like honestly, he was he was hitting me up talking about different horror movies and stuff like that. Most people don't want to talk to him, yeah. but I do. I talk to him. Do you guys text? All right, come on, who's texting? <laughs> Russ, if you're listening, <laughs> shout out to Russ. <laughs> yeah, you're killing it. You guys keep doing what you're doing. You should go to Russ. He's very busy. Oh, he's, I'm, he's I'm sure. Busy. He's very busy. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, many, many a people want Russ. Okay? I'm sure. I am honored to be Russ's client. <laughs> okay. All right. I hate you all. Uh, but but uh, we, we didn't bring uh, Dr. Patel on to uh, talk about uh, Dr. Aka's questionable uh, choice in masseuses. Um, we actually wanted a follow-up for our last uh, yes. week's podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about... Uh, basically, the perception of associate dentist. Um, I kind of gave the per- the perception of an owner dentist with associates. So now we actually have an associate who can talk about um, their thoughts, their view, um, because that's what they are right now. Can so- I just say that based on last episode, he basically said associates are entitled. Mm-hmm. Associates think they know everything. Mm-hmm. I don't so, think I said that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I did say he, he I did say associate. Associates. I did say I did say associates are definitely um, 
coming out of school, definitely arrogant, uh, would be the majority. Um, I feel like this is all bad because Dr. Patel is none of these things. Like, no, he's a yeah, really good guy. sounds a little generalized because yeah. I feel like I'm a little different than maybe most associates. Well, that's why you're here. Yeah. So you're yeah. going to okay. basically speak for the associates. Okay. Now, right? Yeah. That, sure. Dr. Dr. Cradock spoke for sure. owners, the owners. And they're all bitter, old, Exactly. Angry. Sure. So you're going to come in with a young, fresh view, right? Sure. So now let's start off by just give us your background real quick. Okay. So... Um, from Houston, Texas, born and raised. I've uh, been in Texas all my life. And he's got an Astros jersey. I'm on. wearing my Astros Let's jersey. Let's go Astros. Astros whole season. It's a Horrible. great time of the year. Horrible. <laughs> Let's go do ahead. it. Go ahead. So, um, yeah, I mean, I went to the University of Texas at Austin for my undergrad and came back home to Houston for dental school. And I just graduated in 2017. So pretty fresh in my career. Nice, nice. And that's why we wanted you here. We wanted to kind of get, we, you know, we talked to Dr. Um, Rosas. Yes. Who's actually one of your colleagues. She's an associate at the same office that I am at right, right. now. Right. And, and you know, she kind of gave the idea of like, oh, going through dental school, all the background. Correct. Right? So we don't care about that now. Right. We okay. want you to now tell us, mm-hmm. now you're working. Right. You've, you've been working way longer than she has, right? Right. A year. And so- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you got to make, <laughs> make it seem longer. <laughs> We want. I want to ask you the first question, right? Okay. I mean, Doctor Patel, you have the you have your you know was it MD or DMD or DDS? I'm DDS. Sorry. DDS. DDS. Yes. Okay. So you're not as good as Pitt University of Pittsburgh. Uh, we get that uh, DMD. Uh, we get the uh, <laughs> <laughs> <get a> DMD. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor. Just lot, no one requests that. By the way, I think you just did a lot more research. I think that's all that is. Exactly. Has nothing to do with my. We did a lot more clinical. So so okay. So now you're working. Yes. I want you to let us know, one, what is the benefit of working as an associate? Okay. So, um, I mean, coming out of dental school, either there's only a small bunch that will go directly into ownership, right? And it's usually those students that have some kind of family in dentistry also. They're kind of already lined up to take over in some kind of ownership opportunity or role. But the majority are going to go into some kind of associateship. So you're going to have a boss. You're going to be working with someone. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, the the take on that is you, you, when, you, when you're getting out of school, you're going to need to find a job. You need to start making money. And you need to pl- start applying your clinical skills. Everything that you started working hard for, it's time to put it into practice. So a, an associateship is just being under another owner, doctor. Um, and working in their practice, but you're still seeing your own patients. Hopefully you have control of your own treatment plans. Uh, and you know, that can differ from office to office, but for me personally, it's been a pretty good experience so far. So you said two things that I kind of wanted to double click on. First thing you said was, um, fine coming out of school, you know, you need a job for financial reasons. When you were going through school, um, and you were getting close to graduation, did you feel uh, any pressure to have a job lined up or to have your next step? Did you think like, oh, I'm I can have some time off, or were you just like, man, I need to start working immediately? Oh, I definitely wanted to start work. I didn't feel pressure. <laughs> um, I was actually, I mean, you always have those classmates that have everything like kind of figured out by, you know, the spring. I was more so waiting until the summer before I, I knew there was opportunities out there, so I wanted to make sure that was there's you know there's a bunch of opportunities. You want to make sure that's something that's right for you, mm-hmm. right? So um, going into that, I didn't feel pressure to uh, find something right away, but I also didn't want to take time off. I mean, student loans are no joke. I mean, y'all know. I mean, yeah. Dr. Mm-hmm. Aka, you mm-hmm. specialize, right. you know, so right. we've talked about this before. Absolutely. But um, 
you you don't want to get behind on that. I mean, why not? You're you're young right now. Try to maximize and capitalize on your earning potential while you're young. And my personal perspective is, uh, man, in the beginning, it's going to be tough. You know, I'm not I'm not a big I'm not big on new new associates or new grads. Kind of kind of working three or four days a week. I mean, work five days, maybe work six days. Like you're young right now. You can oh, work preach. as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, like you know, he just did it. You <laughs> <He> basically <laughs> smashed every conception of what he had of new. new the, the, this is this is why Dr. Patel is a great associate <laughs> is because he are he already gets it. Yeah. So I mean, the key is you know, um, and are you a millennial? Is uh, that what you is that what you're titled? So I think technically, uh-huh. by like the definition, I'm considered a millennial. Okay, but most people think millennials are the same thing as what's like generation x which is like what people think see in media right now right which is okay. like your selfie social uh, media kind okay. of so, generation like i mean i know do you do you eat avocado toast what does that have to do with no that that's guy? what they do now that's what's in <laughs> yeah okay so you're not hip to the game you're not hip to the game that okay? is not my go-to breakfast you don't like avocado i'm toast. more of a just a breakfast taco kind of guy oh <laughs> there it is breakfast tacos. Okay, you don't Delicious. You're, not, you're not vegan or anything. i am not okay am good because i would talk about you um but what, what i'm getting at is you said this right you said this generation really feels like you know what everything should come to me Right. Oh, poor me. I have student loans. Da, da, da. But I also want to go on vacation. I want to take selfies. I want to, you know, make sure my Instagram is popping. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. <laughs> but Dr. Patel basically says something that's very unusual. He said, look, I know this is my youth right here. Let me work my butt off so that later on I don't have to work my butt off. And that's very unusual. And let me clarify. I mean, everyone's different. You know, I have a unique perspective because I mean, my parents immigrated to this country, Preach. so I've seen their worth, work ethic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they could, you know, come this way and build what they have built, I just feel like I have less excuses to make to do what I'm doing. And, you know, I just always use them as an example. Okay. Yeah. Preach. So what's the positive? Let's talk positive and negative. So I'm going to talk okay. positive and the negative. Okay. So what's the positives of being an associate? So positives... Um, Compared to ownership? Mm-hmm. Okay. So comparing it to ownership, obviously when you're an owner, I mean, you're whether you like it or not, you're going to be working when you're also leaving the office. You know, you're running a business. So you're handling the clinical side and to a great extent, you're handling your personal business because that never stops. That's never going to leave you. Right. So if you kind of take days off on that, you're going to see that on your, you know, on your bottom line at the end of the day. When you're an associate... Um, you don't have to worry about the ownership aspects. You're getting a paycheck. Um, you still have to handle all the clinical responsibilities just as equally. But when you go home, you go home. Uh, you're still managing your patient care um, to where you can handle after our emergencies and stuff like that. But you don't have that business aspect following you home. Okay. But it's still, I mean, I've, I hope most associates want to get to that point. So you want to still learn as much about that as possible. Okay. Okay. So basically, you can go home mm-hmm. after you're done seeing your patients. You can just take go home and not have to worry about hiring, firing, or anything. Correct. Like that at all. Yeah, okay. like your payroll. staff or payroll. Hey, yeah. My my one of my ops is down right now. You know, like stuff like that. You okay. Know? So what's the negative of, about being an associate? Well, the negative is just like everyone. At some point, you don't want to be working for for someone your entire life. You know, so. Uh, you still have some control over you in, in regards to your scheduling, maybe, um, 
you're getting a little bit more input on your treatment plans, you know, instead of, you know, being completely independent and saying, this is what I want to do. I want to work with these specialists or, you know, you have, you have more control kind of, it's a little bit more managed that. So someone manages your input. To, a, to an extent. Well, talk about that. Now, be yeah. honest. Yeah. You know, we're, we're here. Truth be told. Yeah. Uh, tell us the truth. <laughs> tell us the ugly truth. truth. Even yeah, if it is ugly. I mean, every it practice is, is different. Yeah. And I've, I've had limited experience because I'm in only in one practice. Right. And I've been with one practice for over right. a year now. Well, talk about that. So, you know, for example, in my practice, mm-hmm. it's really good at certain things, right? So we're really good at, as, a, as general dentists, we're really good at our restorative treatment plans, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're not maybe doing as much... Uh, specialty treatment, you know, mm-hmm. as maybe a new grad would like. So, for example, this is just a personal example. Mm-hmm. Um, coming uh, in dental school, I wasn't the biggest fan of doing endo, mm-hmm. you know, root canals. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to lose that skill, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in my in my personal experience, it's just been easier to defer to the specialist for root canals and endodontics. So do you feel forced to defer? I don't feel forced. Okay. I don't feel forced. Okay. So, But it's just been easier because at the end of the line, you're looking at your bottom line. You're looking at your production in the day. And coming out of school, you might be slow at doing root canals. And then you can start doing restorative pretty fast, pretty soon, right? So you're kind of looking at it and you're like, man, this is going to – and and you kind of – your manager's telling you, well, this, this is going to take you three hours. Our specialist can do it in one hour, you know? Um, why not refer to them and you do the crown after, you know, that's more use of your time. And I've seen that in aspects, but at the same time, I also want to make sure I'm not losing some of my clinical skills. And as a general dentist, I feel like you need to be pretty well-rounded. No, I would agree with that. Well, let me, let me, you know, let me, let me, let me say something. Oh, let God. me say something. Oh God. So I used to be a general dentist. Did you? For about a year. <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> you, were, you were an associate. I was. I was in. I, no, I actually had my own office. Thanks for asking. You, you own the office? No. Whoa. Focus. So you were the lead doctor, I was not the, the owner. Do- I was not the owner. I was okay. The lead doctor. I, you know, I worked at a corporation. Okay. And one thing that I was very proud of was I was able to pick and choose what I wanted to do. Right. If I want to do root canal, let me do the root canal. If I want to send that root canal out, let me send a root canal. If I want to do an extraction, let me do the extraction. If I want to send it out, we had someone we could send it out to. What I don't want or like is for associates to feel like they have to send that out, right? Because in the end, you still want to make a living, right? And you don't want to feel like you're being bottlenecked, like basically saying, hey, focus on restorations and leave all the specialty stuff, like the gum gum surgeries or the root canal or the extractions to the specialist. Because honestly... If you can do it well and you practice enough, you'll get to that point where you'll do very well. And I think that was Dr. Patel's point is that I guess he would want to make sure that even though he didn't like something in school, he can still work on that craft That's and it, become correct. better at it, That's right? It. That's what we all want to do is learn and grow. I just don't want anybody to say, you know, you have to do this. Exactly. Right? Do you feel and I've, like never, you I've never felt like that. Okay. No one's okay. ever told me from all the docs in my office, my, my office manager, everyone's been really supportive throughout my whole career, you know, so far. Um, no one's ever told me I had to do anything, you know, which, which is great. You know, that, right. that's why I love this office. Right. Um, but at the same time, like I just personally, and it could be a personal thing too mm-hmm. for him. Like sometimes I'm like, do I, do I want to do this root canal? Right. I know, I know my doc's going to do it faster than me right now. But at the same time, I kind of have to overcome that for myself. So right. that's like a personal goal as well. Mm-hmm. So as an, as an owner, what would you say to, you know, your associate if they're like, you know, I kind of want to practice, you know, but I also don't want to waste too much of my time. 
great because there's a fine balance. Like someone, my one mentor told me, if you can't get into the actual roots, into the actual canals in 10 minutes, it's a waste of your time because you're looking at productivity. I would agree. Right? And also the patient's sitting there like, oh, how come you're not doing this faster? Because, I mean, patients are very impatient. Right? Yeah. So, So the whole point is you want to get in and get out. So what would you tell an associate who has to make a living, right? Because he could be sitting there not doing anything. So why wouldn't he want to do that root canal? If if he has the time, I mean, this is how I work with my uh, associate. Um, we're we're doing the most that we can. We only defer when it makes sense, uh, both for the patient. Maybe it's it's a difficult one, um, and we don't want to waste the patient's time. We also want the success rate to to be ideal. So. Um, those two things we factor into every choice. We don't defer everything to our specialists. Um, we've never been like that. And we, it's, I think it's a lot about having open conversations with your associates as as what they want to learn and what they want to grow. It's really good to know their expectation. And if, uh, endo is a thing, I had an associate once that wanted to become an endodontist. So he basically wanted me to give him all his, all the endo cases, even mine, um, I was like, well, I still like doing endo, so <laughs> I'm not going to give you all of mine, but um, I totally get it. Like, you know, if I if there's a patient before they become my patient, if they're, you know, it sounds like it may, they may need a root canal, let's put them on your schedule. I have no problem with that. And as long as the expectations are clear. Um, one thing that I, and I, and I think Dr. Patel kind of alluded to it was, um, I know in some practices, Associates, um, they don't really have the freedom of diagnosis and the restorative plans. Um, I know from talking to other owner docs that some places, uh, the, like somebody else, the owner doc or somebody else will, will diagnose treatment and basically defer that to the associates to do. Um, have you heard about that? Do you know any colleagues doing that? I've, I've, I've definitely heard of the, heard about that. Yeah, from your um, friends and stuff. Talk from, about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, um, so... Some of my colleagues will go into a, a stint where, yeah, they have an owner that's a little bit more overbearing, um, and then they They're will- They're being jerks. <laughs> but, yeah. You're very- like See, that. you're a nice guy. I'm not. Okay. I so like you, to be politically correct. You like, don't know that, you, like to, yeah. you like to be politically correct. I don't. So they're being assholes. Speak. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're they're controlling treatment plans and maybe diagnosing, and then they're expecting their associate to take on that burden. And- I I'm personally like to whoever is diagnosing the treatment should be doing the treatment. Yeah. Uh, if you disagree, you disagree. Rediagnose it and do the treatment that you think is best fit. Um, so you kind of have to um, balance that and you know see what the because because let's be honest, we always see these commercials. Uh, four out of five dentists approve this. Four out of five dentists do this. We never agree as a yeah, <laughs> as no, a unit. So never. for me personally, um. I always have, I've never told an associate, Hey, this is my treatment plan for them. Um, this is what you have to do or like diagnose for them. Because to me, that diagnosis is important because it's like, I'm standing behind that diagnosis. I know I've diagnosed things. Maybe it was right. Maybe it was wrong, but I'll stand behind it and what, what I diagnose and make sure that it's right uh, for the patient at the end of the day. I don't, I don't think that you can do that if you're already kind of given these parameters like, well, this is what you're going to do. Um, if you don't have the same vision, uh, it kind of becomes skewed. So that's why I personally don't, don't do that. Um, but I have been in other entities where as an associate where that was delegated to me and it was like, doc says I'm doing this. So I guess I'm, I'm doing this. Um, 
And it just, it always made me feel a little bit uneasy, I guess is the right word, because when I disagreed with it, it wasn't really something that I could push back on. And I felt like all of the legal ramifications still fell on me. Uh, so I, it kind of was like an uncomfortable yeah. position for me to and, be and in. Here's where, and here's where I probably differ than others. So I'm always constantly asking questions. I, I always ask the older docs in my office, like, hey, what do you see here? What would you do here? Because I want to learn. I'm, <laughs> I mean, when you're out, you're still learning constantly, right? And I, I mean, in den- dentistry in general, it's constantly evolving. I think you're a constant student of the of the craft. So I think it's important to ask questions early and often because if you just have one kind of tunnel vision perspective, then you might not get, you know, all the added benefits of some great dentistry that's out there. So here's a question. What if your associate what if your owner doctor is just mainly focused on money, right? They just want to make money. They want to make money and that's all there is, right? But they're doing some shady stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to lie, uh, laugh because you're just you're you're just setting this up for they're doing some shade. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who you've worked with. In yeah. the past, right? <laughs> I'm like, I, shady you have someone in mind when you're saying this. So they're doing some shady stuff, right? And you just feel don't you don't feel comfortable knowing that you're associated mm-hmm. because your name is going to carry, right? Patients are always going to look at you and say, I like Dr. Patel. I don't like that office. Or I like that office with Dr. Patel, whatever it may be, right? And the key is how do you distinguish yourself from that office so that you don't get mingled into the whole shadiness, you know? Correct. I yeah. mean, again, at the end of the day, if, if you're controlling your own treatment plans and you're uh, treating your patients, uh, appropriately and truthfully, then none of that should come back to you. But again, if you're a part of a practice, you have to understand that you could be kind of uh, uh, grouped into that whole, you know, situation. So if you feel like something's going on, then you're against it and it's going against your morals and your ethics and everything like that, then maybe you just need to separate. You need a distance from that office in particular, you know, if that's if that's what it is. Well, then here's a follow-up. You need to make money. You need to get paid, mm-hmm. right? You literally have thousands of dollars of student loans, and you need to get ma- you need to make some money, right? So the question I have is: Is it really that easy to say I'm going to distance myself from this office when this office is paying you to do work? Again, yeah, I mean that's tough. That's a tough situation because at the end of the day, yeah, we you need to be managing your debts and. Paying off the student loans, no joke. So it can be a difficult choice. So you got you get put in that ethical dilemma, right? And so at the, you got to be true to yourself. You know, um, just from personal experience, I had a colleague that I don't know if y'all there's a, there was a big thing that went on the news about a group practice in the Austin area, um, and he had to he had to separate himself for it. And now it's like blowing up big time in the media. And, and I think he got on the time. I mean, where where the whistleblowers kind of. Uh, put everything into perspective. Mm. So if it's stuff like, and, and this is just like an exaggerated example, but if it's stuff like that, you need to distance yourself. Well, uh, now you got to tell us what really happened, please. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> in detail. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not get into details. You don't need to say names, but tell us the the background story. What happened? Uh, I mean, I think there was just a uh, an owner of a uh, dental chain in uh, in the Austin area. That got big. I mean, they have offices in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and he was just kind of taking investors' money and not using it what for what he said he was using it for. And then it was getting into you know 
interrupting patient care and stuff like that. So it was just, it's a big mess. I don't know the, all the details, so I don't feel right. comfortable expanding on that. Right, right. But um, yeah, and he saw that early on. He distanced himself and now he's in a practice somewhere else, completely away from that. And so he's your friend is great. smart. Yeah, yeah he's smart. smart. He's very you smart. know, one thing that I don't think people understand or people know is that dentistry has become a business. And when I say by that, I mean, you know, you I look at- I think they know that. No, 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 no. Well, let me explain. You look at Shark Tank, right? Mm-hmm. And what what's the main purpose of Shark Tank? You have someone who has a lot of money to invest in your business. Dentistry has become that way, where you have somebody who has a lot of money that wants to invest in dentistry because dentistry, the failure rate for dentistry is what, like 0.1% of people who open a dental office fail? I know when I uh, was coming- into the profession, everyone said dentistry is recession-proof. That's right. It's like a safe bet. Right. And so now people, like I'm talking about, you know, pension groups and all that, they're investing in dentistry, you know, and so they're basically paying these corporations, people to have multiple offices, money to say, we want to be a part of this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and unfortunately, now people are losing track of what? Patient care and focusing on what? Their pockets. That's the part that bothers me. Speak on that, please, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I lay it out there and I'm like, you doing something about it. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's an it's it's unfortunate, but it's the truth, right? So uh it's kind of the trend where everything's going moving towards, but I, I feel like there's a happy balance and I feel like you can find that, you know, especially with this uh this perspective or this model where there's an uh, an owner and there's a corporate backbone that handles this the the business side of it and you get to focus on the clinical side of it so i think there is a happy medium and it's it's possible to achieve we got to lose you, ca- you can't lose focus i mean i think uh organized dentistry is important and they need to continue to give dentists their voice in the clinical aspect because if you kind of move away from that, then you're going to move towards you know purely business kind of and, modes. And let's and let's be honest, um, the age of of the single office practitioner is dead. I'm just going to say it. That private like, practice model, yeah, yeah. The, well, even, even these private practice offices are group practices. They're one doc who mm-hmm. owns multiple group practice. So we're in the age of group practice, corporate dentistry, whatever you want to call it. Um, when I started school, it wasn't that. I still had the dreams of the private practice office. And, you know, I would be out there and have a small group of patients and be able to feed my family. That model doesn't exist. There's another dental office. Literally, I can hit two offices with a stone's throw. They're like right around me. So obviously, dentistry is productive. Um and we're all competing against ourselves. And they're all group practices. They all look like they're not, but they are. Um, it's kind of the, the nature of the beast. Um, the question I had was, um, graduating in 2017, did you feel, um, and you're like, just the consensus of your classmates, did you feel like joining a corporate office or a, a happy medium or a private practice like that you had to make that decision early on or like that you had more opportunities one versus the other? So, I mean, here, here's the thing. In dental school, all your faculty and your mentors, they're a little bit older. So they are going to talk down on that corporate, you know, quote unquote corporate model, right? They, you know, a lot of them don't believe in that. But at the same time, all the recruiters that are coming in, it's all DSO or dental oh. support organizations, corporate Offices, right? So those are the people that are recruiting you. 
So it's like, how can you get away from this when these are, this is what's available right now, you know? So you have your faculty that is telling you one thing in one ear, and then you have everyone that's recruiting you that's, you know, giving you all the benefits and talking up the, you know, the DSO model. And so, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like you have to, at the end of the day, find something that works for you. Obviously do your research. Uh, there's so many different offices and corporations out there and they're all slightly different. So you got to see what's best for you, you know, and you're not going to know until you give something a shot, you know, and that's the other thing. Like a lot of these like corporate dentistry just gets bunched into like one category, but every single corporation or DSO is different. And within each DSO, every office is different. So I, I just don't like how a lot of things get generalized and you don't really know until you give it a shot. So that's, that's, that's very true. Um, here's a question I have actually before we, we're about to wrap this up, but here's a question I have. What is one lie that was told to you when you were a student and that, that now you actually looking? Oh, go, I like that. Yeah. And now go, hmm, that was absolutely a complete lie. You know, for me, I'll start for me. When I was graduating in 2009, back in the day, <laughs> while I was, when I was graduating, people were like, oh my God, do you know how much money you're going to make? Do you know how many dentists are going to retire? Ooh, yes. And then guess what happened? The recession occurred. You know, the, the, the housing bubble happened. And now all these doctors who were supposed to retire did not retire. Preach. So now I'm sitting here competing against doctors that should have retired but did not. And, 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 the, and the mean income for dentists went down because people are like, look, it's either my teeth or my house. I'm going to pick my house. You see? So that was one thing that I felt like was lied to me about. They would basically realize like, oh, okay, well, you know what? All the glory and all the things you said to me in 2005 doesn't exist now. So that was my problem was all this happy, like, oh my God, you guys picked the best time to be in dentist, to be a dentist and to be in dentistry. Oh, that, that's a You know, that's, that's really interesting because- from that, what you just said, they told us the same thing when I was in school. So this lie. is an extended yeah. lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but they told us the same thing. They were like, saying that. I was like, yeah, I heard that lie too. <laughs> they need to fire everybody that works in the school. <laughs> I don't know who started this lie, but it is huge. <laughs> They're just like, oh, we're going to keep them positive. Uh, we, can't, yeah. we 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 don't we don't want them to be depressed just yet. Uh, let me show you that you made the right choice. Yeah, <laughs> which we did not. <laughs> um, you know, so let, let's go ahead and just, I guess, finish summarize. Everything. Yeah. If, if, uh, so basically what I got from, from, from Dr. Patel speaking was that, um, you know, coming out of school, uh, he felt wanted by DSOs that, that to me, or like you had recruiters coming actively seeking you from corporations. Uh, from corporations. One thing that I would empower any dentist who is like, you know, the age of private practice, we can't let that die. All those, you know, I'll call them old heads. Like, what did you do to encourage another associate coming out of school and empower them? If you did nothing, then I don't really want to hear you say that. Because I know from personal experience that I kind of got recruited by DSOs more. I had a, some private practice um owners who had promised me a lot, uh, but then as I got closer to graduation, mm -hmm. kind of to, to Dr. Aka's point, uh, withdrew those promises uh, and didn't recruit me. And, you know, it kind of leaves you in a point where you need to make a decision, you have a family to feed, or, you, you know, you need to, to be productive. And if you don't have the opportunity, where, what else are you supposed to do? Your debt is uh, at least three times higher than theirs was 
when they graduated school. And so uh, you got to start somewhere. But Dr. Patel, kind of give us a wrap up of kind of everything yeah. that you, you, you laid down for us today. Right. So, I mean, for me personally, I think coming as, as a new grad, <clears throat> do your, do your research. Um, and really, I think for me, the key was I, I wanted mentorship, right? I wanted to be in an office where there was an older, uh, more uh, experienced doc that could mentor me, you know, because I feel like the most important thing as a new grad is just continuing to uh, expand on your clinical skills and learning, learning, learning. Like that is really important for me personally. So, um, you, I mean, office to office, <clears throat> the, the compensation is sometimes pretty standard, right? You know, the percentages and everything like that. So really kind of do your job of vetting uh, these offices and uh, researching and finding something that fits for you where you're going to be happy. Can I ask real quick, last question, okay? Yeah. Do you feel like you are compensated? And I'm talking about just overall, general. Let's generalize. I hate. I know you hate to generalize, but let's generalize. Do you feel like associates are compensated enough for them to want to stick around in that office? I think it depends. Okay. <clears throat> So, um, do you have a late night? No. <laughs> <laughs> You've been going out all night. That's the life of an associate. Right? Yeah, like. I, I was in bed by like ten. <laughs> you know, um, he's having a good night. <laughs> um, I think for me personally, like I, uh, it was the first. It was a first job. It was a first opportunity, and anything was better than nothing right so i had little to compare to but i think as you um the more you work and the more you build on your clinical experience you're going to kind of understand your value more and more uh, i think you got to start somewhere um but then once you talk to your colleagues you kind of see what they're getting you know and then you kind of compare it to yourself like am i leaving some money on the table mm -hmm. but what is the trade-off right or do they have mentors in their office i have some uh colleagues that are getting, you know, they're just collecting that check, right? But they have no one in their office to tell them what they're doing. And at the end of the day, once they leave, they're going to be back to square one, right? Oh, okay. So okay. you have to kind of put everything in perspective. It's a trade-off, right? What's your opportunity cost? Like, are you going to get the most bang for your buck? If you're leaving some money on the table, what's the trade-off? You're getting that mentorship, right? So I think that's really important. Do you think that your friends and yourself, well, more your friends and you know, you talk about yourself, but do you think your friends are getting that mentorship? And do you think that's something that's missing in dentistry? So some are and some aren't, you know, uh, some have been stuck as a new grad and they're the solo doc in that office. And that's tough, you know, because you're constantly relying on, you know, uh, you know, helping with your treatment plans from like a, a digital aspect or you have to wait and talk to your owner later after hours or talk to your colleagues like, hey, I need some help here. What would y'all do in this scenario? Because there's a lot of question marks as a new grad, right? So you want to make sure you have that support in the office because that's going to be, that's going to help you grow a lot faster than, you know, some of your colleagues. I know Dr. Ock said last question, but I want to ask one last one. Um, you're very popular. <laughs> yes, you're very popular. Um, what would What would you say would be the one thing that coming from school to, to actual practice that surprised you that you didn't know that was a, a benefit? And what is the thing that was the biggest negative that you didn't expect to be a negative? 
I know these are deep questions. Yeah. That really was. Yeah. Normally, you don't ask any good questions at all. I, 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 I try. I try. A, a positive or a benefit from. Yeah. What one thing that you didn't expect to be positive? One thing like that you didn't think would be good, or like uh, that you were dreading. That obviously, when you got into practice, it was like, oh, that's that's actually a good thing. That's a benefit, or I, I like that. And one thing that maybe you thought would be easy, or that that's harder than you know than than advertised. Sure. Um, so I think coming into that DSO model, I was worried about having, you know, someone be too overbearing over my treatment plans and office manager. And I was pleasantly surprised that in my office, everyone's really supportive of you kind of taking your own control of that aspect. So I, that was a big surprise. And I was really fortunate to have that to where, um, I had that mentorship, but at the same day, I, at the same time, I was able to kind of control what I was doing um, while getting guidance where, when I needed guidance. So um, that was great. Um, a negative would be, um, I guess at the same time, like I was saying earlier, uh, being a general dentist, you want to be well-rounded and try to incorporate as much into your craft as possible. And sometimes feeling a little limited on that when you had, when you couldn't do certain procedures that you wanted to kind of get better at, that you didn't feel confident okay. during dental school. So, oh, I think that's fair. I think that's really good. Then. Okay. Well, we've held you up enough. I know you want to go see the Astros uh, lose. <laughs> yeah, uh, when? <laughs> By the way, uh, yeah. if everyone to know, uh, Dr. Aka has bet me a bottle of the blue, that's Johnny Walker blue, Ooh, okay. that the uh, Astros would lose. And and me being a big Astros fan, I was like, I couldn't stand by that. I was like, I'll take that I'll bet. I'll take that all day. Exactly. You guys are both exactly. fake. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean by that. So, so last year, the Astros won. The World the Series. The World Series. Yes. I was, I was mad. Put some respect on the name. Okay, start off with I'm never going to do that. <laughs> but I was mad because I didn't buy my furniture. Oh, you got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get my free furniture. <laughs> So ever since then, I've been angry about my free furniture that I did not get. Now the truth comes out. So okay. I hope that they don't win. You, you know that they'll prize this year. Yeah. Salty. He's very buying. salty. I already bought my furniture. What the hell do I need for furniture? Buy another one. You could sell it. I'm not rich like you. Oh, come on. You're the owner, doctor. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Dr. Patel, for yes, coming thank through. You, thank we you. We really Absolutely. appreciate you. Thank y'all for having me. You know, we definitely know you're a busy man, and we know that you have to get, you know, to go do some other stuff. He still has a life. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we live vicariously through Dr. Patel. But anyway, thank you, my man. We really Absolutely. appreciate you. And if you have any questions for Dr. Patel, how can we reach you or, or, or our listeners reach you so that we, you know, they can ask questions? Because there's a lot of pre-dental people that actually, uh, or actually dentists or dental students that listen to this podcast. So how can they sure. reach you to ask you uh, more questions? Yeah, my professional email is parthpatelDDS at gmail.com if you have any questions at any time. You know, feel free, and I will you know re- uh, reply in a timely manner because I don't get a lot of emails right now. So, oh, feel free. Oh, awesome. <laughs> He's lonely. <laughs> email him, please. <laughs> Hell, I'm my email. <laughs> he has two people. Sure, on him. Good job. Right. But thank you so much, Doctor Patel. We appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right. Absolutely. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will see you soon. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.